motivation. So my name is Anthony Delgado, and this is the Disrupt Podcast. And today we have a really, really special guest. He is working to eradicate poverty, spent over $100,000 traveling the United States uh, to find a niche. And he's an influencer, an entrepreneur, and he's making a huge impact on the universe. Uh, give it up for uh, Jesse Navarro. 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 Anthony, thank you so I much, said- man. Appreciate having me on board. So, yeah, we were, we were doing like the behind the scenes kind of, uh, you know, let's get to know each other before we go live. Yeah, we should have recorded the behind the scenes stuff. That was some pretty good stuff. That was some good stuff, man. Um, and you were telling me about kind of how you got started. So yeah. how did you get started? Who was your inspiration? Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I, I got a lot of mentors. But actually, I started in the finance industry. So uh, working in, in, uh, in investments and financial planning. In fact, I first started knocking on doors. So that was my, that's how I got business was knocking on doors. And uh, so that's, that's, that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years, just finance. Wow. And, um, and, uh, and I, I think I, I started a website in 2009. So actually September 28th, 2009, I bought a domain on GoDaddy. And, uh, Whoa. I think I first, I first got, you know, everyone's like, just wants to make their first dollar online. I made my first dollar online in 2009. I think it was $1 and 28 cents. And, and I was, it, it was so, it's, this is a stupid, it's so stupid to me. I was so disappointed that I only made $1. I stopped. <laughs> so oh, I completely, forget it. I'm never doing anything online ever again. And I stopped. And in fact, I, and I didn't touch anything online until I think 2014, 2015. And so, uh, and so here I am, I'm doing my thing. Financial practice is getting bigger and I'm doing okay. I think I'm making like $150,000 a year in my finance practice at the time. And, and I came across a YouTube video uh, and we talked about Ty Lopez and this is like 2014, right? So, you know, you everyone see the video, right? Here in my garage, <laughs> you know, there's Lamborghini, you know, I like, like dude, I want a Ferrari, right? Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'm like, dude, I'm read like, the yeah, books, dude, let's yeah, yeah. get a Ferrari, sign me up, right? <laughs> I'm like, well, look, I'm an investor, right? I do financial planning. I know Warren Buffett. And I'm like, all right, you know, he's talking about Warren Buffett. I just read a book on Warren Buffett, you know, but you know, let, let, let's see what he's got. So it was, it was a 67 steps thing, right? And it, everyone go crazy over the six, seven steps. Either you love it or you hate it. And I loved it. And, uh, and so I got the six, what, seven steps. What was some, okay. So what, what were some of the steps, dude? Cause I never bought the, the 67 steps. I did look at it. Uh, yeah. I felt like I was getting brainwashed and I was like, no, I'm turning this shit off. No, I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but you went through it. 67 yeah. steps. Here's the thing. I have a love hate relationship with Ty. Um, yeah. You know, my oh, first thing is like, oh, Ferrari was like, love with hate. <laughs> but, you know, I saw, him, I saw him debate. Do you know John Henry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I saw a debate with him and John Henry. And after yep. that, I was like, okay, I kind of, you know, he, Ty's not trying to be that smart. He's like, listen, I'm not that smart, but I know some things and I made some money. And yeah. Fuck you, you know? Yeah. And so I, I kind of, I, after that debate, I kind of had like a newfound uh, okay. for him. Um, but so yep. what are some of the best 67 steps without you uh, getting a, a copyright notice on this video? <laughs> it, well, it's, it's the first three. So the, the very first three are, are the best ones. So the first three talks about uh, humility, uh, talks about what he calls a worth the damn factor. So just because, you know, so you, you can't just be good, but you have to be worth the damn. And the third one is, is, uh, is around kind of, the, the evolution, evolution adaptability. So let me give you an example. So, so the very first one, humility talks about, 
in the, it all goes through a lot of books, right? So the you know book Sam Walton. I don't know if you ever read this book, but Sam Walton made it America. Probably one of the best books ever you could you could read. But basically, he was talking about how Sam Ovens was found, or Sam Ovens, Sam Walton. In fact, I got I did an interview with Sam Ovens. Uh, I'll tell you about <laughs> but uh, Sam Walton, um, the he was found in a Brazilian jail cell. He was a billionaire found in a Brazilian jail cell uh, during his visit in Brazil. The reason why is because he was. He was so obsessed with the grocery store industry, or just the story, the e-commerce in general. He was out there measuring on the floor, measuring how far away the 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 aisles were, to see if they knew something that that you know that he didn't. And so they put him in jail just just to protect everyone else. And so kind of get like this billionaire on his hands and knees, you know, measuring out to see if somebody <laughs> else knew something he did. I mean, it shows a lot of humility. I see it. I mean, come on, man. You you see so many of these guys. It's like. Yeah, you know, they make a hundred bucks and they go crazy, right? They put out a course and they do something else. And it's like, come on, you know, let's be, let's be real. They're like, look, right? I made $90 in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean like John Henry is a perfect example, right? So John Henry, like he had one bit of success, right? And that one, it just seemed like it kind of got to his head a little bit. And, so and you, know, it's, you know, you know, what's so funny about him. I, I know him semi personally through a friend. And he tells a story um, about when he was a doorman, right? And I don't know if you've ever heard the story or you you listen to this stuff. And a guy who lived in the building where he was a doorman told him, dude, you have so much potential. What are you doing? Quit your job. Do something with yourself. You're a fucking doorman holding the door for rich people, right? And that's my boy. The guy who told him that, who lived in that high rise, is Hugo Sanchez. He's uh, a Puerto Rican entrepreneur. He was born and raised in Bailamon, Puerto Rico. He came to the States. He actually got locked up, did like over 20 years in jail, came out, started a construction company, and now he's starting a nap and he's doing all this cool stuff. And super, super like inspirational dude. Um, and the funny thing, though, I'm kind of giving you a long story. The funny thing is that um, to this day, uh, John Henry tells the story, but doesn't give Hugo a shout out. And he knows Hugo. Like they freaking smoke blunts together. They, you know what I mean? Like they're fucking cool. They're from the same neighborhood and he's supposedly in this startup space, but won't give Hugo a shout out. And Hugo actually has a really killer mobile app called, uh, called the Modi video chat app. Right. Um, yeah. so, so John Henry, it's, it's kind of funny. Like you said, he had like kind of like a one hit wonder and then it's just like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a investor, you know? And it's like, right. Like, right. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things I learned is like, you're only as good as, you know, as your last success. Ooh. Like that's, yes. I mean, that's, that's really it. I mean, it, you see it all the time, right? Like with these one guy, you know, you'll see like these big guys, right? These, you know, going through scandals or whatever. And then everyone forgets about all the good stuff that they get. They just remember about the scandal, you know, <laughs> you know, or like something else. Right. Or like, you know, how much of money they lost or whatever. So, I mean, I mean, that, that's so important. Anyway, so that's, I don't well, know, going okay. and, I, and I've, I've come up against that in my career. I don't know about you where I felt like I was resting on my laurels too much. Right. And then that's yeah. why I always disrupt yeah. myself whenever I'm so comfortable right. that I'm like, Oh, I could ride this out the next 20 years and just kind of, and then I'm just like, okay, got to quit this job. or got to start a new company or I got to fire this guy or got whatever that is to disrupt myself and get to the next level. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so true. I mean, there was just, uh, I can't remember what it was what his name was off the top of my head, but he was a, a, he was a Russian, he was a writer, but he was, you know, he's in Russia. 
And um, he, what was it? He, um, how he would get going was he would, um, he would basically gamble away all of the money that he had and just to force himself to write good stuff. So he like deliberately put himself in a position where he's like, all right, well, I got no more money. So I guess I'm going to, I guess I better write something good and, uh, and kind of put a fire underneath him. So that was, I wouldn't suggest doing that, but that, that worked for him. Or maybe, maybe you could do that. Have you ever heard the, uh, the expression burn the ships? So, yeah, I, I have heard the expression burn the ships, but I mean, have you read, I mean, if you read the story about Cortez burning the ships, I mean, it, it was pretty think, bleak. I, mean, I don't think it's a true story. That's not a true story, is it? Yeah, it is. It is a true story. So, so Cortez, like, I, I can't remember, Orlando Cortez, or I can't remember his last name, but he flew in, or he, 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 he boated in, right? Him and his crew, Cuba, to, uh, um, uh, to South America and for gold and riches. And so in Cuba was kind of where everyone's home was crew was at his home. And everyone wanted to go back to Cuba because their wives are there, their, their kids are there, food was there. It was, you know, it was, it was a nice place. And, and they were searching this area. They couldn't really find the gold that they were looking for. And his crew was really fighting him on going back, going back. In fact, they were going to, they're basically going to kill Cortez to, to go back home. Like they didn't care. Like we're done. We're, we're, you know, we'll kill you if we have to. <laughs> and what Cortez did to save his life, what he did was he burned all the ships Basically, or he, he basically what he did was he, he, he basically had his guys drill holes into the ships. And so, and so, and drill, and then he blamed it on worms. And he said, the worms got the ships and like all the, like basically all the ships sank. Oh, and, and finally people caught on. But by the time there was like one ship left. And, and so, and so at that time, it's like, look, Cortez is like, look, I know you hate me, but we either go in there, we get the gold or we all die. And wow. so, uh, it saved his life, but it also kind of made him a legend, I guess. But that was the so he had to do it out of necessity. But, but yeah, no, sometimes you. But did he win? Did they? Did yeah, they... he did. Yeah, they, they 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 captured. They got gold. I mean, you know, whole civilization civilization died. But you know that he got what he wanted. So <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard to say what you know, like what's success or not, because you know there was a there was a lot of a lot of bad stuff that happened to well, get it. Yeah, so. I, I was just doing another another podcast um, today. Uh, it's like podcast Wednesday for me. So I like doing back to back. Okay, cool. And um, we were talking about like holding history to today's standards, right? So mm. like Christopher yeah. Columbus is now vilified. And it's like, dude, yeah. you people would fucking exist. You wouldn't exist. Okay. Like I know Christopher Columbus, if you did that today, totally not cool. But he didn't live today. He lived 500 fucking years ago. Cut the guy. Yeah. Break. That's the way shit yeah. was. That's what people were doing. You know, rules, rules were very different back then. Yeah, and, and even today, um, with more modern things, we're constantly like we were talking about football. That's how we got on this topic. So like the okay, NFL, yeah. right? It's like, oh well, there's brain damage and there's oh it's so bad. And it's like, okay, it's bad, but you're holding NFL uh, you know, almost a hundred year old game to the standard of today. Okay, we know there's brain damage today, so now let's mm -hmm. do something about it. But let's not vilify, right. you know, a game that people enjoyed, you know? Um, so, right. so I think, like, you know, judging people by today's standards, we have to, like, kind of watch that, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like Christopher Columbus, he, he founded the world that we, we live in now. I mean, that's the, you know, so it's, it's kind of hard, you know. And it's a funny story about Christopher Columbus. So Christopher Columbus actually was uh, um, uh, the queen of Spain at that time. So is it Queen Isabella, Spain, 
that time had um, that he actually begged her to go to to fund his per, fund his trip to go to Spain. In fact, back then it was like basically it was a suicide mission, so no one wanted to fund it. And so during that time, the first time he asked her, uh, Spain was in the middle of the war war with England. So they had this big battle. There's a huge war that was happening, and so she didn't have any money to do it. And so he came back to her again with a contract that says, "Hey, look, if you help me fund." You know, I'll bring back all these riches and you'll get a percentage of riches. And inside that contract, he asked for 10% of every single sale or like any commerce that happens in the new order that he found. And, and uh, Queen Isabella, you know, basically did everything, you know, like the other, you know, except the whole agreement minus that one piece. She basically scratched that one piece out. And, 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 and Christopher Columbus was so excited that she funded it. He didn't even care to bother even look at it. And so, and so he went off on his journey and he found, you know, what you know, the United States of America what we found today. And had he, had he paid attention to that one little piece, he, his family, it basically was in perpetuity, right? So like forever, like his generation, his generation, generation. So his family would have been the, you know, wealthiest family, you know, ever, ever to, to, to happen. Wow. So, uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? So, so like, you learn a lesson, like read your contract. Thing, make sure you have an attorney look over, look over it. You, the, you read it. Yeah, the, the moral of the story is read, read the iTunes terms of service before you update your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lord, Lord. listening. Right uh, <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's super interesting. Uh, so I, I recently moved down to Puerto Rico. Are you, are you Hispanic by any chance? I am. I am. Cool. I, I'm, uh, I'm uh, 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 Spanish and Native American. Dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. So I'm, I'm what about you? Are you Puerto Rican? Is that what, yeah. what, is that? Okay. Yeah. So, so are you living in Puerto Rico right now? I am in Puerto Rico right now. So if there's a little well, that's amazing, man. on the, on the podcast, that's, that's the reason I'm, I'm coming to you live from some San Juan, Puerto Rico. And yeah. Yeah. After the hurricane, um, I came down here and did some relief efforts. We gave away 300 solar panel lights. I was actually with Hugo Sanchez, the dude I mentioned earlier. And yeah. Uh, and you know, I found a mission that I'm willing to like live and die for. And right. that is creating a digital economy for three, 3.5 million people that live here. So, you know, I grew up yeah. in New York. Um, I had gone to Puerto Rico when I was like a kid in the summer, but like, you know, a few times, a handful of times. And my grandfather passed away, kind of stopped coming. And then when the hurricane happened, um, you know, we came down here. I got back in touch with like my, my um, relatives out here that I hadn't seen in 20 years and really just reconnected and now we're on a mission so we're building a coding school out here and uh yeah. we digital marketing teaching coding teaching like all the skills that they need to uh co complete financial freedom for themselves in their lives so. that's awesome man cool that's uh, really cool i mean it's a i mean it, especially with kind of the line of work that you're doing and people need that kind of stuff man it's 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 a big deal Awesome. Well, and one of the things that I was talking to someone uh, recently about this, like even like African-Americans or um, Latinos that are bilingual that live in the States, like you can still listen to Tony Robbins. You can mm -hmm. still listen to, you know what I mean? Like even if like black people are like, okay, well, nobody looks like us, right? He doesn't look like you, but he speaks the same language. Like you understand what all of these Warren Buffett, you know, you can at least understand what they're saying. Dude, if you, right. you only speak one language, who the fuck is, is speaking to the Latino generation? Like, right. turn on Channel 41. What are they really talking about? Like, what, you know, there, there's not a lot of podcasts out here that are, that are bilingual that are speaking to that generation. So, um, 
Well, a lot of books either. I mean, so there's a lot of books aren't translated in Spanish. Mm. So there's, there's a guy, uh, Jay Stamet, he, he wrote a book called, speaking of disruption, Disrupt You. I don't know if you've, you've heard of that book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Jay Stamet, I met Jay Stamet several times. He was a, like, it was a CEO of Sony, just really, I mean, crazy dude. And, um, and one of my buddies, John Rivera, uh, he, he lives down in Mexico. He's a U.S. citizen living in Mexico. And, um, and he, he had a hard time finding this book, Disrupt You, in, in Spanish because he wanted to give it to his girlfriend. And, and he, he just couldn't find it. So he went to Jay and he said, hey, Jay, let me translate this for you. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and let me, you know, because we need books here in Spanish. And so, well, before back up, before that, he reached out to Jay. He's like, hey, do you have this in Spanish? He's like, no, I can't find a single person that could translate it and publish it in Spanish. And so what my buddy did, he ended up tra- have it translated and sent it down to, had it reviewed and basically got it published for, uh, for Jay Samet in Mexico. Wow. But, I mean, it was a big process for him to just do one book. So I could, I could only imagine, like, a lot of these books that aren't getting published in Spanish uh, because of whatever, publishing issues, translation issues, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big deal. I mean, this, like, I don't think people understand that. Like, people think, oh, yeah, it's, you know, they'll see a book that says, you know, uh, like right here, read the book right now, the, the Richest Man in Babylon, right? This is probably translated in, you know, 100 different languages, but it's a 100-year-old book. So, you know, you get, you know, books like Jay Sama's book, Disrupt You, a fantastic book, but it's not getting, you know, it's not getting translated in multiple languages, like, you know, like these older books are. So, yeah, so no, it's, it's definitely a barrier. They're not getting the same level of, you know, education where people are, have here. And that, I mean, that's not, like, speaking of time, I mean, that's, that's, you know, Ty's big thing. It's like, dude, we have all the resources that you could, you have to read all you want and learn as much as you can, but why these people don't even do it? The statistics, I think it was, I read a statistic. You can go, go and Google it, like the amount of people in the U.S. who purchase books. I think it's like, like, like less than 1%. It's, you know, it's like half, like people buy a half a book a year or something. It's, <laughs> it's, it really is. I mean, you just Google it, right? Like how many people purchase books in the U.S.? Like, you know, and it like the amount of, the amount of people buy books, you know, households of actual people who own a book, it's, it's like nothing. It's crazy. Yeah. And, but, I, think, anyway, and I think those numbers are right. huge, right? So like Ty Lowe. Well, I mean, going back to, like, going back to your point though, I mean, you're right. Because like this, like, especially the Latino community, there, you know, there's, they, they need more of that. Cause I, I don't think for some crazy reason, it's, it's, you know, it's either people aren't paying attention, it, but it's not, it's not out there. So yeah, definitely for oh, doing that. Oh, thank you, man. So, so I was out here a couple of weeks ago um, and we went to the uh, Plaza de America mall and it has the Nina, the Pinta and the Santa Maria as the logo for the mall. So everywhere you go in this freaking mall, every sign has the three ships that Christopher Columbus and Ponce de Leon flew in on, or flew, see, I'm saying flew, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, came in on, right? And uh, yeah, they didn't fly JetBlue. I think it was a, a lot rougher. <laughs> but uh, Virgin Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> but, so it has those ships. And then I'm walking through the mall, and you know, I'm from New York, so I'm used to diversity. But I'm used to black and Spanish and Colombian and Spaniard and Italian and, it's, and you name it, like a lot of diversity. And I'm walking through this mall and I'm like, holy shit, everyone in this mall is fucking Puerto Rican. This isn't diversity. This is everyone in here is Puerto Rican, right? And so yep. I'm looking through and I'm looking at everybody and then I'm, I'm seeing the sign of the ships of Christopher Columbus and I'm thinking none of these people would be alive 
if Christopher Columbus's crazy ass didn't come on this ship, this mall wouldn't even be here. You know what I mean? Like this entire yeah. civilization is from this one crazy guy that like now is vilified, but really like created civilization. It's amazing. Well, I mean, it took a big risk. I mean, it, it literally was at, the, at that time, people thought it was a suicide mission. And so people really, really thought that, that, um, that no one was ever going to come back. So, I mean, it, it, so, I mean, it's like, I don't know what, what it's like, it's like going to Mars right now. I mean, and that compare, like if we were to go to a comparison, like in yeah. today, like if we were to fly it onto Mars, it's basically a suicide mission, at least right now, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years, who's, who's to say, but like right now, if you were to fly to Mars, it's a suicide mission. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, or it's so that, that, that was a one way trip. What's that? It's yeah, basically one way trip. We're never going to see you again, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was the equivalent, right. Of, of, um, of what people thought back then. Like it just, you know, like, at least we knew that uh, like a Mars existed. Like to them, they thought, you know, the world just ended. Like it just dropped and you just fell off the, <laughs> fell off the planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, super cool. So but, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about politics. I want to make sure it's not too controversial. Uh, so from Christopher Columbus and pillaging natives to politics. Uh, yeah. Mark a lot of stuff. You're right. Should, should Mark Zuckerberg be allowed to run for president? Or is that a conflict <laughs> of interest? I don't know, man. It, like, like, I'll tell you right now, politics is not my strong suit at all. Like, I, 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 <laughs> I have a hard time answering that because I don't, I don't, I, I, I have, here's, here's the thing with politics. I, I think it's much more harder than people think. I mean, to be able to run, you know, like a nation of 300 plus million people, you know, to, to buy into something. I mean, you have to be a really great salesperson to do something like that. So, uh, and also a good organizer. So I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I don't even know how to answer that question. I, I wish I did, but I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, the reason is it's a kind of a mixture between like politics and then also like social media, right? So like yep, right yep. now, social media has such a stranglehold on like free speech and communication. So it's almost not even a political issue as much as it is like a social issue, right? Like you wouldn't no, want- Tell me more about that. What do you mean like a social issue? Like I know there's tons of social issues. But like, like, is there one in particular that you're, you're referring to? So, so I'll give you an example. Uh, recently, uh, are you familiar with Alex Jones? I've heard of Alex Jones. Yeah. Okay. So Alex Jones, he has this crazy, uh, he had this crazy YouTube show where, you know, he talks about conspiracy theorists and That's right. he's kind yep. of right-leaning or whatever. And they, they de-platformed him this past week. Mm -hmm. So every yep. single one of his social media accounts simultaneously, not only just Facebook, uh, they did Facebook, YouTube, and Apple um, simultaneously shut them down, right? So you have these big, giant corporations yep. that they're almost like too big to fail. And it's almost, it almost kind of like goes against what the internet was designed for, right? This communications platform where everyone has a voice. Um, so like Mark Zuckerberg running for president where Facebook can influence the election results it's, it's not really a political, like, Democrat-Republican thing. It's just, like, the communication is now being... Uh, there's a monopoly on information. And the democratization that the internet allowed us to have... With Anthony, you cut out. I, yeah, I you, cut you out. cut out in the past, uh, I think it was, like, 10 seconds. Um, 
So basically what I was saying is there's a monopoly right now on information, right? With all these social media sites, it's yeah. kind of like a monopoly. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, you know what? You know, it's funny though, like about the Alex Jones thing, I was thinking about this. Like, we, it, it's, it's interesting because we kind of, everyone kind of talked about this before, like, you know, like these platforms like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, whatever, like iTunes could just cut you off tomorrow, right? Like, like, like that's not, like that's not old news. Like people, a lot of people had talked about before. Yeah, but everyone was like, oh, the they'll never do that. They'll never but, do You know that. what I'm saying? Like, like that, that was kind of talk, like, you know, that, that's a theory, right? I mean, they can actually, they can do that. And it shows like that was kind of proven that they can do it. And so what, you know, we talk about, especially in my business is collecting emails. It's, you know, like, like the simple thing of collecting emails. Like, so they, I've like, so I've consulted with some like large, like companies are making a million dollars a day. Like these huge freaking companies, sometimes hundreds of millions a day. It's, it's insane. And no, I take it back. It was like 100, 100 million dollars in one day they made. Um, and, and they basically, they, they refuse to collect emails. Like they just don't, they just don't do it. They, they think it's a violation of, of uh, the customer terms and, you know, agreements and, and respect and privacy. And, um, and I'm thinking, gosh, I mean, if, if, like if Google decides to get rid of them tomorrow, they'll have like zero customer base, like none. Wow. Like, and, and so it's like, you know, so Alex Jones, what he should have done if he was smart was collect emails. <laughs> so like every single person that came in, he collected some sort of email, you know, and now he has that information Then he could, you know, then he could remark it back out to them. So now, but now I don't, I don't know if he collected emails or not. I have no clue, but, but if he didn't, then he's, you know, he's going to have to figure out an innovative way to, to reach his audience. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to, how to fix it, but, but I mean, that's so important. I mean, you got to collect, that's you hundred percent have to collect emails because these companies, it's proven they can do that kind of stuff. Now, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I mean, it, I mean, theory, kind of what you one. said. I mean, that, no. I think that's yeah, the yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Who's, who's to say? I don't know if he even wants to. Did he talk about running for president? I think right after Trump won, he went on a little, he gave like two speeches and then he hired somebody from the Clinton campaign. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people kind of push back and I haven't heard about it since, but yeah, who knows, man, 20, 2020 might be uh Zuck Zuck versus, uh, <laughs> versus Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's an interesting one. I think everyone, like, there was a lot of people talking about running for president at the time. I mean, there, you had, I think it was like, what's, what's that crazy guy's name with the, with it, with the big teeth, Gary something. But I think he, <laughs> He was talking about running for president at that time. It's who's to say? I mean, Rock, Oprah. I think there's a there was a big. Yeah. I think everybody was like, "I'll be president. Trump could be yeah. president." <laughs> That's yeah. Oh, there was oh, like, "Sign me up." <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's. I mean, it's it's interesting. I don't think it's a it's a, as great a job as as people think. I mean, it, you know, oh, pay's not great. I mean, you're, you're working twenty four seven. You know, you're I mean, constantly yeah. being scrutinized. You know, it was yeah, no you, 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 for Obama either. Obama was getting scrutinized, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't attract guys like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, you know, Charlie Munger, like these, you know, really smart guys. It's hard to attract them because, I mean, they, they get a ton of money. They don't need that, don't need that stress. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, they say anyone who's in politics yeah. and it's hard to say. wasn't wealthy before they started politics and then become wealthy, it's like because of corruption or whatever. Um, but all right, enough about politics. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. What, what other, what other 
controversial subject haven't we talked about yet? <laughs> we can, we're just keep, uh, so we're how about going down marriage? No, it's, it's not that. <laughs> um, well, hey, I live in I live in Seattle, man. So it, I think what, Seattle was the first to to I, th- I think uh, approve or, or or you know some, in the legislation that in, for for gay marriage. So it's very cool. So, yeah. Um. Okay. So off of politics. Um. So Ty Lopez, so you start off uh, with Ty Lopez. And now what is, what is the kind of aha moment? So you did the 67 uh, courses and then did you keep working on his stuff or did you move on to something else? And and where was your aha moment after that? Oh man, I'll tell you so many people do this. I moved on to like everything, right? Like, so once you start getting an idea of what it is, you just start buying every single course that's out there. And uh, people still do it, man. It's insane. And so, um, um, what? And then, and what? What ended up happening though was, so here I am. So I, actually, at one point, I tell this all the time. At one point, I spent twenty five thousand dollars to hang out with Ty Lopez for an entire year, uh, which I know Ooh. sounds crazy to a lot of twenty five grand to hang out with Ty Lopez for an entire year. But here's what came out of it: a whole network, like almost a Rolodex, right? If you remember what a Rolodex, if you remember what a Rolodex is, whole Rolodex of like who's who in, in the business world, like every, everyone. I mean, it's, you know, we're talking about, you know, the, like, like Dan Fleischman, uh, Brandon Hampton. We're talking about uh, Sean Vosser, if you know Sean Vosser, Adrian Morrison, Anthony Morrison, Sam Ovens. I mean, anybody, anybody's anybody who's, you know, you, you kind of get to know in the business community. And so one of my buddies, uh, actually I met through Ty, is Joshua Earp. I don't know if you've heard Joshua Earp, but he does SEO. And, um, and so he has a SEO agency and he went out and he asked me, he's like, Hey, can you, can you help me put together a course looking to put together a course for an SEO? And I said, um, I already put together a course for my, my financial practice. And I said, sure, why not? I'll, I'll just do it. And so, uh, we, we put it together, you know, threw it together, um, put together the course, put the marketing, I did all the sales pages. I put everything in click funnels and we launched it. And then within six months we hit or nine months, we hit six figures within nine months, which is nuts. Now it's gone to multiple six figures. It's done pretty well. But then because of that, so I was able to do that. Then I reached out to other entrepreneurs. So I worked with Sean Vossler, who works with these, you know, these mega entrepreneurs. He works with Ty Lopez and all these other guys. And so through him, we worked with, you know, Adrian Morrison, Sam Ovens. So I wrote emails for those guys. And it just kind of, uh, kind of exploded from there. And then, um, 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 and then Sean Thomas is another one that I'm, I'm working with too through Ask a Millionaire. But, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I tell this all the time. It's like, sometimes it's, Sometimes if you have a skill, it, it makes sense to, to buy a network, like just buy into a group of people. So I know everyone has their inner circle stuff. So I know like Russell Brunson's inner circle stuff. I don't know if you know Russell. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so in fact, in fact, another thing, because of all this, um, um, through Josh, I got invited to Russell Brunson's influencer party that he had in, in Boise, Idaho. And, um, and so I, I got there and I met a bunch of other guys like Julius Dean. So I did some work with Julius Dean, the magician, um, a bunch of other people. Um, so it's it just, I mean, it, it really progresses. So, I mean, the, I mean, if you have a solid skill like copywriting or funnels or Facebook ads or whatever, it's like, it, it makes sense just to buy into a network and just talk about what you do. And I guarantee you, if you do it right, I mean, you, you'll get some, pick up some crazy clients. But um, anyways, that's how, how the whole thing, kind of the, the story <laughs> the, the backstory of it anyways no definitely yeah and i think people are uh you know scared to invest in themselves and they don't 
realize the, I guess, the opportunity under the opportunity, right? So the opportunity yeah. in, you know, hanging out with Ty for a year wasn't only, hey, I'm going to learn from Ty, but I'm going to meet freaking a, a million people that Ty knows and I'm going to be in this network and I'm going to really squeeze the value right. out of these situations, right? I mean, you get some crazy stories. So, I mean, you know, I was, I was out, I was in Vegas for a conference and uh, one of the head speakers in Vegas, I, I'm not going to say his name, but head speakers that I had in Vegas, I mean, this is like, you know, this guy's like, you know, if not a billionaire, he's pretty close. And, uh, um, and so he invited me and two of my friends out up to his, his room just to chat because we were you know, working and getting some business together. And, uh, and his weed guy showed up <laughs> in a whole thing. Like, we're in the area. We're in his suite in Vegas. Like, this guy's like outside. This guy's like this most pristine dude. He's got a suit on. You know, you would, you know. Like he, like he looks the most cleanest dude you ever you ever meet, and, and so here we are in this like major suite in Vegas. Like this thing must have cost him like ten thousand dollars a day. It was insane, and uh, and and here we are. You know, everyone's like just chatting, and then like here knocking the door, and here comes some dude like you know, you know like big old big beard, you know, kind of like Rastafari. It was kind of it was weird. He looked like a weed guy. If you were, if you were to see a weed guy in the street, like you know, see a guy in the street, it's like that looks like a weed guy. This guy looked like the guy. He played the part. And, and so here he came in with, you know. I don't almost like a bad movie stereotype. What's that? What, it was like the stereotype of the weed guy in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He looks the exact part. He comes walking in, and I'm like, oh, who's this guy? I, I, look, I'm so naive. I didn't even know who he was, right? I was like, who's this guy? Like, and there was like two or three guys like getting excited, and the guy's here. And... um. And so I was like, oh, cool, must be someone, you know, like another, you know, you know, uh, entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur, but <laughs> another, you know, and not, not in that sense. <laughs> and, uh, and so he breaks out, he starts, you know, he sits down, starts breaking out the weed and starts rolling a fat joint. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, what's going on here? Because I'm with all these like business professionals thinking we're going to talk like business and strategy. And these guys just wanted to smoke a joint and talk about stories. And that was, and that was it. I'm like, wow. It was, it was a total eye opener because, you know, cause a lot of people like think like these big guys, like, like all they talk about is business and this and that, but like all they, all they cared about was at, at least at that time was smoking a joint and talking about funny stories. So, <laughs> so, so you always have to have a good story lined up when you're, when you're in those scenarios. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But, uh, I remember the, uh, the first time I smoked a joint, uh, with one of my bosses. So I, I was young. This was like one of my first jobs. And I was actually on probation at the time. So I couldn't even smoke yeah. the joint. And I don't even want to tell my boss that I'm on probation, right? Because I, I'm like trying to keep the job, right? And he's like, we, we were there working late and it was like 10, 10 11 o'clock. He starts breaking out the booze. And then after some booze, he's like, all right, well, let's smoke a joint, guys. Let's smoke a joint. Fella. This guy's like 60 years old. I like just turned 20 and, um, and he's like, Oh, you want to smoke anything? I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. I don't smoke. Meanwhile, I'm like, dude, I'm, if I catch a contact, I'm going to freaking violate my probation. Uh, and, yeah. uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. But it's, it's cool to see, like, like you said, like these rich, you know, th this dude had multiple houses, multimillionaire, very successful. And, you know, he's just a regular dude wants to like, you know, uh, go up to the woods and, and ride jet skis and, and do fun stuff and smoke a joint and just kind of hang out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's like, these guys are just people, man. I mean, that's, that's really it. 
you know, and so I see so many of these guys like in these, you know, network advances conferences go up to these speakers and, and these entrepreneurs. And the first thing you do is like, they'll pitch. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, it, like they're, you know, they get turned down because then they wonder why they never find any success. And like all these, like these guys I work with, all these guys, like they they're all my friends first. Like we just, you know, we just had a good time and hung out and had beers. Like, you know, and that was, that's, I think that's what it should be. It's just like these, you know, really, you know, good people. They just end up being your friends that you chat and you're like, Hey, by the way, you know, I can help you out with some of this stuff. Or like my friend, Josh, like he knew I did, he did a lot of copywriting, did funnels and wrote, wrote courses. And, uh, and he was like, Hey, can you just help me? Can you help me put my course together? And I'm like, sure. And then just, you know, and then one thing led to another and just, it kept, it kept growing. So, but, um, yeah, yeah it's, 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 and, and it's like you want to kind of do people uh, do business with the people you know. You want to help out the people you know in your network, you know. So like yeah. I, we we run a digital consultancy, and all, all of our business is referral based. So he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Anthony, call Anthony. He's my guy, you know. And it's not we do like almost zero marketing. I I almost say like I'm resting on my laurels a little bit too much there, but you know I built a network over the past decade where I don't need to do well, there's nothing wrong there's different two different reputation and laurels are two different things like like reputation you have to consistently work on but you can rest on your reputation reputation every now and then like reputation every now and then like laurels are like what you did last like if you did like a really big sale or something you know like that's kind of resting on it but if your reputation is look you're a stand-up dude you don't lie you don't you know kind of thing and you continue to, to show that over and over again like you can kind of rest on that a little bit Right, because that's your reputation. In fact, your reputation sometimes will get you in the door, but like, but those are two different things. But you, what you might be talking about is your reputation, man. If you have a good reputation, why not rest on it every now and then? That's what you built it for. No, no, totally. I, I mean, I, I think the thing is like, I don't do much outbound marketing or outbound sales, just yeah. because it, like, my reputation. I'm kind of resting on the fact that you know we get a good amount of referrals through the door. Um, mm -hmm. from my reputation, but I kind of feel like I could turn it up to the next level if I didn't have that flow. Like almost like you were talking about like being hungry, right? Like I almost need to go to the, go to the casino and freaking put it all on black. And then I would be hungry enough to like go out there and like turn it to the next level, you know? Right. Right. So if you had to have, um, dinner with one person, it sounds like you've already had dinner with uh, a bunch of dudes uh, who's on the bucket list of people that you want to like end up smoking a joint with or, uh, or being in a hotel at 1 a.m. in the morning. Well, I mean, it'd, it'd be, it'd be Warren Buffett. Now you can get a lunch with Warren Buffett. He has a bid every single year uh, to have lunch with him, but it ends up the bids end up being like two or $3 million to have lunch with them. So I'll have to at some point have an extra two or $3 million to spend <laughs> to throw just to have lunch with this guy. Um, uh, and, and that it's like an hour lunch, right? It's been like three million bucks. Hour lunch, this guy. All the charity. What's that? Hashtag goals. Hashtag yeah. I mean that really. I mean that's <laughs> you know your your goal is like you know be rich enough where you could afford three million dollars to have lunch with Warren Buffett. <laughs> so just like right, here's three million bucks. You know. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, um. That's also another thing too. I'm like, you know, some guys are like, I'm going to be rich no matter what. I'm like, how do you know that? Like, you don't, like, you don't know. <laughs> Anything can happen, right? It's like, you know, so I'm like, I'm going to work my ass off and we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, you know, I have goals. I'm wrong. Like I've written down all my goals, but uh, I'm not going to go around and say like, you know, I'm going to be the best thing since whatever. I'm going to be the next billionaire. That's, 
I don't know. That's it's not great. It's like you don't know that. You're not gonna. You're not, you're not gonna be the next billionaire. Then you know you don't be a billionaire. You look like a fool. So you know. <laughs> so I'm like you know I, I'll, I'm gonna do okay and, and I'm gonna write my goals down and you know and that's uh you know that's it and just you know it also keeps you keeps you humble too because you know if you if you think you're I don't know too many people you know too many people think like a little too highly of themselves. <laughs> so I, I try to avoid, I try to avoid that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think there's a mix there. There, I do believe in the uh, kind of, what do they call it? Like manifesting, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Putting, putting yeah, your mental things, flag. Think about it, right. So like, if you think about it, right. And you write down your goals and you do like affirmations in the morning, that's one thing. But like, but if you don't do any of those things and you just blatantly say, you know, like I go, I'll get these like, messages all the time from people you know like i got this next billion dollar idea right oh man billion dollar idea like have you made a million like you probably haven't made a million bucks like have you you know have you ever started a business at all <laughs> people are like no like, how do you know you're gonna start a billion dollar business like, you haven't made any money in a business like like how are you gonna do a billion dollars in a business so it's you know like does it happen sure like you get like the crazy you know mark zuckerberg right or, you know, you get like the crazy, but even, well, even Mark, Mark Zuckerberg wasn't trying to make money. Yeah. He just was, yeah. He the was interview, just, the red cup interview. Yeah. What was it? He was just like trying to find a date or something like, like yeah, uh, you know, he's in, he's in the dorm room. Basically they, they, the first, uh, Facebook was like a hacker house and it was like a dorm room. Okay. It was like all these kids from college, they're drinking beer. There's kegs everywhere. They gave some guy equity to do a mural in, on the wall. He did graffiti for equity and they became a millionaire, right? So there's an interview of him in like flip-flops and shorts and holding a red cup of beer. And he's like, yeah, nah, dude, it'll probably just be for college kids. We want to make sure that the college kids have a way to hook up on campus. And he had no aspirations to where that thing is today, you know? Um, and, and I think too many people are doing yeah. Things, starting businesses for the wrong reasons right it's like i want to be a millionaire and it's like okay well, well yeah 100 you know right. rather than i want to help college kids you know he came into it with my i want to help college kids and then he became a millionaire, yeah. a millionaire because of his uh his convictions yeah yeah no i I'm, I'm right with you i think you're right hey anyways uh i have to jump off here i got another appointment here at, in just a few minutes um, so last question and, and then we'll, we'll say goodbye. What does disrupt mean to you? Uh, that's a good question. So the book, book disrupt you from Jay Samet. Uh, if you read that book, so he talks a lot about disruption. Uh, basically the, 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 the premise of, of disruption, how he would, how he would write it. And I believe something similar would be something would be something on the lines of something that's done a little like done very differently than what, what most people would would do almost kind of like thinking outside the box a little bit which is what i tend to do a lot when i'm writing copy or different angles and stories so um but yeah i mean something like that i mean examples of you know of disruption like you know obviously uber and some other ones are you know some crazy massive disruptions but I, that's 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 the first thing that comes to mind when i when i think of it it's probably not the most powerful answer you've heard but but that's what comes to mind well, no, I, thank you. I appreciate that. And everyone can go and check out that book. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. Um, and Jess, yep. if you want to connect with you online, where can they do that? 
Uh, right now, it's my, go to my Instagram, uh, thejessienavarro.com. So J-E-S-S-E, no I, E, uh, Navarro, N-A-V's and Victor A-R-R-O. So thejessienavarro.com. And um, shoot, me a, shoot me a DM. Let me know you, you heard me uh, here. And um, I'll, I'll, let, I'll shoot you a message, Anthony, about all the, all the, all the cool people that, um, that, um, that listen to the podcast. Absolutely. Well, Jess, thank you so much again for being on the show, brother. Uh, I, I think this is one of the funner episodes that I, that I did today and we had a really great conversation and, uh, yeah, I look forward to, uh, to having a, yeah. a chat again sometime soon.